Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. (laughs) Welcome to game day. It's FSC game day edition on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm on, I'm joined by Jim Day this morning, just Jim Day. Our buddy Scott Engel is in Seattle taking in uh, that game today. He's excited to be out there. He had never been to CenturyLink Field, I believe is the name of it. It used to be yes. CenturyLink Field. So uh, he hadn't been out there for a live game, so he's covering the game. He'll be in the press box, the whole thing. He, I, I talked to him briefly yesterday, and uh, he got a tour of the stadium, and he's checking out Seattle. He's having a good time, so uh, I hope he enjoys it. That's the Niners at Seahawks at 425, so he won't be with us today for obvious reasons. It's 5 o'clock in the morning there. He's, he's a dedicated individual, but I don't expect him to get on the phone at 5 o'clock when he's covering the game all day today. So, um, well, Jim, first of all, you can find him on Twitter at Jim Day. Uh, no, sorry, at Fantasy Taz. This is a rough start to the show. I was going to say, when did I change my name? Sorry. At Fantasy Taz, T-A-Z. I'm at Mike Blewett. And hit us up this morning on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. We'll take calls today. We don't always take them during this show, but it'll be later. So uh, don't jump on the phones just yet. Maybe a little bit later this hour. Definitely in the second hour. So um, a wild Friday, Jim. It doesn't get much wilder than this. When it's week 13... And one of the top players in all of fantasy football, look, we see injuries all the time. But something came out of left field Friday afternoon. The Kareem Hunt video became available. He went from commissioner exempt list to out of the league in a heartbeat. Uh, And now it's going to be nobody's going to claim him on waivers before four o'clock tomorrow. And it's a matter of a team. I would be so quick to say that. I wouldn't fair, be fair point. to say that. I, some, fair point. Somebody might. Yeah, they're already talking about the Eagles trying to go after him on waivers. So, so somebody's going to take the shot. I think, yeah, I should back up from that. It, it, that's not a definite. I mean, somebody claimed Reuben Foster. Somebody could claim Kareem Hunt. He is actually going on ESPN this morning at 11 o'clock to defend himself in some capacity. The NFL is also investigating a second incident in which he had an altercation with a man. So, uh, the, look. Fantasy football is the least important thing in all of this. And I, a lot of people have made that known on Twitter. And I, I thought it got pretty silly, to be honest, the other day. We get it. Nobody's in, nobody is on board with anything approaching what he did. But there's a little bit of business at hand when it comes to fantasy football. I thought some people were, frankly, um, being opportunistic about it. Other people are just trying to deliver the news. Like, this is what you should do. You should just pick up Spencer Ware. So... Let me put that all in your lap and let you comment on it. Well, look, it, it is what it is. It never, you know, it's never right to attack or hit a woman in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it, it's not like what he did was anything near what Ray Rice did. But anytime it's on video and out there, they're done. There's nothing they can do about it. The league's going to step in. The team's going to step in. Everybody praising Kansas City for doing the right thing and, and and dropping him. But meanwhile, they still have Tyreek Hill on the on the roster, who they yeah. drafted after uh, he was arrested and convicted of the assault. Uh, and, and yeah, and and they still drafted him. So you know, let, let's get off the oh, they're doing the right thing this time. They're doing the right thing because it's on video and they have no choice. Yeah. Uh, that's why they did the right thing. So By let's way, stop giving them kudos. And I think there's some <laughs> people out there that didn't realize that we knew there was an incident back in August, but there was no video. The league had looked into it, right. and we waited. At, there was a moment there in August where people were like, uh, I don't know if I should draft this guy because uh, there's this incident hanging over his head. Some people said it could result in a suspension, and it, and it didn't. Now, 
I always think that the NFL look foolish when they say we couldn't get the video because I feel like they yeah. have they have a port in every storm in terms of security and they could just make a couple of phone calls and get it. But in this instance, from everything I've read thus far, it seems like they did ask for it. They were not given they were not given the video by the hotel. The Cleveland PD apparently didn't even look at the video because their, their detectives only investigate felonies, and this was a misdemeanor uh, in which the charges were dropped anyway. Now, as you said, it's not as... It, I, I hate to put degrees on this, but clearly it is... Well, it, there it, is. There it really isn't what is. Happened with there Ray has Rice. to be degrees. Yeah, it isn't <laughs> what happened with Ray Rice. But at the, the reality of the situation is he was trying his hardest to get into a fight with a woman. He just had right. several people holding him back. He, you know, he kicks her when she's on the ground, and it was just like uh, a little bit more of a tap. To me, that's anything. that's the point that broke it out. Yeah. If he had look 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 at the whole. Thing. Uh, and again, I, I'm in no way, shape, or form uh, uh, about anybody hitting a woman. I'm just not. But until that kick, the only thing he had really done was at the very beginning he pushed her away. Yeah, he pushed her. Then she came back at him. She hit him in the uh, face, and then. Right. Um, He didn't push her into the wall. She pushed that other guy into him, and he pushed the other guy away from him, and he's the one who bumped into her and knocked her into the wall where she hit her head. So until that kick, he hadn't really done anything except push her away. However. If he hadn't done that stupid kick, then he probably would have gotten away with this okay. um, Well, however, though. He's creating the she she may be the epicenter of the incident because she's there and creating problems. And look, I'm not going to get into the details of apparently what they were trying to do and what she wasn't willing to do. That's right. story for another yeah, we show. We don't know. He say, she say, whatever. Right. But the when it comes down to it, the guy's trying to get into a fight. If he just walks back to his hotel room, it's over. Maybe she's nuts right. and bangs on the door and then they call the cops and take her away. But I know he pushed the guy that fell into her and all that kind of stuff. Well, Kareem's got to walk away from it all. And, you know, he got released for two reasons. One, the video. And two, he lied about the video. He lied about the incident to the Chiefs. So then they're put in a position to be like they defended him at the beginning of the year all the way through this. And then, boom, hard evidence that he didn't tell them the entire truth about the incident. So, He's going to have a chance to defend Yeah, but how yeah. – uh, see, I, I keep coming back to how hard did they really look to find the real evidence. You say they didn't get the, the, the tape. Okay, you know what? Maybe they didn't. But how hard did they really try? I agree. This, this is one of their best players. You know, they, they, they talked to him about it. He said, no, it wasn't all that big a deal. And, you know, they said, okay, that's good, good enough for us. Yeah. Uh, everybody wants to absolve the Chiefs, but man, how can how nah, can you? <laughs> I, I don't absolve the Chiefs yeah. or the league. It does seem on on the surface that an effort was made, but to your point, maybe they didn't make a big enough effort. Now, if you were comparing this to the Tyreek Hill thing, the interesting thing about it is Tyreek Hill's incident is more egregious. Absolutely. But no video because, because yeah it's not vague at all the incident was defined because as you said there was a conviction there was therapy there was at least and i'm not solving it honesty about the situation so i think the chiefs here as you said the video is the most important thing that happened here but also the chiefs were put in a position where they lied to the public because he lied to them. And I think, and I've seen this happen before in various sports-related situations. It happened with my alma mater at one point with a t- totally different type of incident, but it, the AD was basically lied to the press unbeknownst to him, and it resulted in a firing. But um, So I, I think that's a big part of it, is that the Chiefs ended up lying inadvertently because they didn't see the video and Kareem Hunt hadn't told them the truth. Is that fair? Yes, I think that's very fair. So, um, that's very fair. So, that's the incident. Obviously, we have to talk about it at Lineup Block Live at ten. We'll probably talk about it even more. But the reality of the fantasy football situation is that everybody scrambled to pick up Spencer Ware. I personally think 
that this could be an incident that will move people towards something that I prefer, which is daily waivers, Jim, because we may have shifted an entire balance of fantasy football leagues based on the fact that player X was sitting in front of his phone or the TV when he didn't have anything to do, and the other 11, 10, 8 to 9 to 10, 11 players uh, didn't see it in time. I know in one league I lost it by a minute. One other league I got it. One other league but fab budget. The guy that just had the most money left won. He wasn't owned. So the guy that had the most fab budget money uh, won it, and it was on the last day available for transactions in that league. There's no transactions available for the playoffs, so the guy threw down his last hundred and fifty bucks, got Spencer Ware. Nobody else had that much money left, so I think this could be something that moves us towards daily waivers in several le- le- in many leagues. What do you think? Yeah, it's gonna try and do something. I've never been a huge fan of first come first serve waivers anyway, just yeah. for that reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, some people are working, some people are traveling. Yet nobody, you know, not everybody can sit by their computer all day and and wait for news like that to get. So I doesn't make you a better fantasy football fan. player because you got Spencer Ware because you were sitting in front of your computer. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly right. Uh, you got lucky, and that's what it is. And and you know, it is what it is. So you're not going to change that overnight, though. It, it isn't going to happen just because it is one play you may want it to and i and i get that but i'm not sure it's going to make a radical change in people's minds and you know the one thing i I will say though is you know while spencer Ware, you know had a good season in 2016 it's not like he's been such a definite player that you know you could start and rely on every given week and i wouldn't be surprised if at all if this becomes a timeshare between him and and damian williams yeah damian williams is somebody to consider i was listening to the daily roto podcast on the way in and they 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 basically have slotted in Spencer Ware, um, Kareem Hunt's workload to Spencer Ware and Spencer Ware's workload to Damian Williams. That's at first glance. Now, it happens to be a particularly soft landing for Spencer Ware stepping into the lineup, going against the Raiders or 15 and a half point favorites. So um, I, I think you can put him in the lineup based on that. But to your point, no, you got to keep an eye on uh, Damian Williams. It, it is something that. Andy Reid could pull off like he's done in the past. Before he had Kareem Hunt, he did share the ball a little bit more between Spencer Ware and guys like Niall Davis and others in the past. So um, something to consider. Chuck Kendrick West. Yeah, that's right. That's the other guy I was trying to think of. So um, if if Damian Williams is out there in your leagues and you have somebody that's cuttable on your bench, I'd throw him on there. So um, so that's it for the Chiefs. Well, look, for, can I just yeah, make one sure. one yeah. pass? Okay, we've been telling you for weeks um, that you know as you get towards the playoff time, you needed to have your your stud running backs handcuffed. Now we weren't saying it because we expected somebody to get suspended, yeah. more because of injury concerns, things like that. But this is the reason yeah. for any of this stuff that could come out of left field. This is why you needed to have your stud running backs handcuffed. Things like this, and for all those people that own, you know, Hunt and didn't have where and didn't weren't able to pick him up, shame on you. That's your fault. You should have had him already. I agree. Look, I I'll raise my hand and say that. I didn't have Kareem Hunt anywhere this year um, just because, I, you know, he won the NFL rushing title last year. Those guys don't ever repeat that. So I went in different directions in the first round. Um, in some ways, I have regret from a fantasy football standpoint. I guess I don't know what the personal lives are of the players that I own. So uh, that is what it is. But uh, I agree. And I didn't scoop up where anywhere because – I didn't have Hunt, and I was angling for different guys. Like in in one league where I don't own Todd Gurley, I have Malcolm Brown. Uh, In another league, in my James Conner leagues, I did my best to back him up with Jalen Samuels, though I don't have him everywhere because I play in some pretty deep leagues, as do you. So uh, if you didn't have um, where, I'm with you. You should have already backed him up, and if you lost him... um, well, good luck in the playoffs, and you, you got a lot out of Kareem Hunt to this point. So we'll see what happens with him. He's defending himself in the next couple of hours. I think Jim's point, to correct me, is fair in that I think there could be somebody out there. He's on a rookie deal. They can say, look, you're not playing the rest of this year. We'll send you to therapy. We'll see what the league has to say. But I don't know that this will just end, Jim, in 
the commissioner's exempt list for the rest of the year. Like I could, I could see it bleeding into next year with some sort of a suspension. Couldn't you? Well, they're, they're saying now that most likely he will see a six game suspension yeah. uh, to start the 2019 season. He's done for 2018. No doubt. He won't come off the commissioner exempt list, even if he's picked up off waivers for the rest of this season. And he'll most likely start 2019 with the six game suspension that that's in the, the agreement between the league and the NFL players association. Finally, uh, that Finally. that's, it's because supposed to be that every single time. I totally agree. This is the thing that bugs me the most about the policy. They get beat up for a million different ways, and I think at times, sometimes, people aren't particularly fair to the NFL. They're just looking to take shots. What bugs me about it is every time there's a domestic violence incident, we're renegotiating the policy. Uh, it was 10 games, right. but uh, it was before the, we put it into stone, so it's really down to four. And let's give Jameis three because it happened a couple of years ago, and it's a little different. And let's give this guy... 10 yep. because uh, we heard a 911 call. It's like, it's six games. Let's just go with that yep. and move on. Like, it's six games. It's one of, big, one of my biggest pet peeves about the NFL is that they don't stick to what they say. Never do, and it's all over the board what yep. they do. We'll come back. We'll wrap up uh, Saints-Cowboys after this. It's FST game day. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. On FST Game Day Edition, Mike Lewis, Jim Day. We're going to be here until 10 o'clock, and then from 10 to 1, it's a line of block live. It's myself, NFL Hall of Famer, Marshall Falk, Corey Parson, Gabe Morris. So I look forward to working with Marshall again. Uh, Curious, excited to be here. So we already got one of our listeners, uh, um, Steve G., who listens to us on, on a very regular basis on Twitter. He's. Uh, He's chatting us up. He's, he's he's right. He's all over us at the beginning of the show, which is you know, I, I'm all for. He's a uh, Steve G's in education, and you know he's a he's a good guy. He's always uh, you know I, I appreciate from what I know of him simply on Twitter. I appreciate his moral compass, and he's saying uh, he's mirroring what we were saying, Jim. Really about you just have to walk away. Like there's no there's no upside to getting into altercations like that. He just thinks Hunt should have walked away on, on the. On the um, daily waivers thing, he totally disagrees. He thinks it's easy enough. Everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got an app. You can just click on it. I, I will only say I've always thought daily waivers were the way to go. If I had my druthers, I'd be in fab budget leagues uh, all the time. I, I think it's a fairer way to go about how people manage their fantasy teams. I understand, though, that's not realistic for the masses, Jim. Yeah, it's it's tough. A lot of people don't understand fab, and you know it it is becoming more the norm. Though there are more and more, you know, outside of the basic ESPN, uh, you know, NFL.com, CBS leagues, outside of those basic leagues where people are just playing for fun, guys that do it, uh, and and I don't mean just guys. I mean plenty of women playing now too, so don't take it that way. But people that you know are playing consistently and play more leagues and have been playing for a few more years. Most of their leagues are going to, you know, uh, using a fab budget. Uh, a lot of them are using blind bid fab budgets, which I like the most. Yeah. So, you know, 
these are the things that really put you over the edge. Gives everybody a fair shot at every player as opposed to somebody just in front of their phone or in front of their computer. Look, even if you have a phone, uh, I remember when I was in the corporate world, there was plenty of times I couldn't access my phone while I was working. It just couldn't. It wasn't possible for me. So, I mean, while it, it... it's easier today to be able to do that. There's still limits on it. There's still times you can't do it. So it, it to me, it'll always be. You can be driving you know, somewhere when to, it happens and yeah, know, right. somebody yeah, there, scoops it up. You know, I'm not looking at my phone if I'm driving to a, a meeting or, or something like that, driving to the store. Right. Or, so th- there's always going to give the edge to the people that are sitting there and have you know the time to, to do it right away. So it does. So. Um, whether you believe it or not, that's the absolute truth. So it, it, Steve's, Steve made one more comment. I'll close it out on this. But we agree with him in saying that if you took the steps that Jim and I and others have talked about over the last couple of weeks and were scooping up Ware and Malcolm Brown and, I don't know, Josh Adams or whomever else. Josh Adams is a little bit of a different case. But some of these other handcuffs, Jalen Samuels, for example. I don't know what's going to happen to James Conner in the next month. If, I, if James Conner gets hurt, I'm screwed. And it's because I didn't get Jalen Samuels in every league. I have him in a couple, but I needed him in every league to back that up. Because the Steelers, not unlike the Chiefs, they run pretty much a one-back set. And that guy gets the majority of the touches, no matter who it is. Now, in Pittsburgh, could it be Steven Ridley? Maybe. But I watched, yeah, well, that is a concern. It, but it I watch the games, and it feels like it's Jalen Samuels. A couple of years and, and ago. most everybody agrees, and it probably will be, but yeah. don't be surprised. Right. But a couple of years ago, you know, I didn't know that Fitzgerald Toussaint was going to be playing the playoff game against the Denver Broncos. You know what I mean? Like, Bell went down yeah, right. and D'Angelo Williams couldn't play, and then it was Fitzgerald Toussaint. So, uh, on and on and on, we could keep going. But the reality is, yes, you are a better fantasy player if you did the handcuffs. No, you're not a better fantasy player if you were just sitting there on the app and you beat somebody to the to Spencer Ware by 30 seconds. I am totally stunned, by the way, in the one league that I mentioned, that Ware was available. I, I had spent all of my fab money literally down to the last $2. So I had nothing, but I was surprised. It's a 20, 20 man roster league, 12 teams. Wow. And that Spencer is Ware was available. <laughs> I can't believe the Damn. Hunt owner didn't have him. I'm totally shocked. So it was literally the last day of transactions of the year, and boom, I put in 150 bucks and got him. And he is on the outside looking in at the playoffs. I think if he wins this week, he could sneak in. So uh, we'll see. And then he'll be dangerous. He'll be the sixth seed. He'll be like the two, 2007 Giants, um, sixth seed, making it all the way to the championship game. So uh, let's talk. Look, we're, we're, we're a little bit different uh, format today. No Scotty here don't have his rankings so we're we're just going a little bit different and obviously a about as big a piece of news as you're going to have regarding fantasy football happened on friday afternoon just a little over 36 hours ago so um let's talk a little bit about that thursday night game jim the um that thursday nighter was the most watched game in thursday night football history so we had about 22 million viewers across all flat platforms that includes fox nfl network fox deportes nfl digital and fox sports digital amazon and yahoo sports a lot of different places where you can watch it now by the way and so it was the most watched thursday night football game ever it was up 56 percent versus the 2017 10 game thursday night football average and up 39 percent versus last year's week 13 thursday night football matchup now clearly you had the cowboys you had the saints it was a really juicy matchup um But people really tuned in for it. I think for anybody that thought, pipe dream, that Thursday night games were going away, I can assure you there was never a chance they were going away because of the amount of money they were making off of it. But now we see even more. People are really tuning in, especially if the matchup is good enough. Oh, absolutely, it, and it's definitely not going anywhere. NFL's making clearly making money off these games, whether they're good games or not uh, to us fans, whether the games are, are fun to watch or not, they're still making plenty of money over it. Uh, now that you know they have it on Amazon Prime, stuff like that, all these other ways that you can view it. And if you're watching on Prime, they have you know all these little gadget things you can do to it to get different stats while you're watching the game, and you know all these nice new additions that are coming out there. So it's 
definitely not going anywhere anytime soon. But the one thing I will say to this is, you know, Dallas wanted everybody to take them seriously. Well, now they have to. Uh, their defense came out and played an outstanding game. They did. Uh, did everything they needed to do to, to you know, get Drew Brees down at a, at a custom, you know, common level with other players as opposed to the on high he's been uh, since then. And it, they did a great job at it. You know, e- even though Dak Prescott tried to give the game back to Drew Brees, the defense once again stepped up and made another big play and, you know, took the game back. So Dallas's defense is for real. And, you know, I, I don't think there's anybody's going to stop them from winning this division unless, you know, all hell breaks loose and then they get all kinds of injuries or whatever. Uh, Washington's on its way down. Philadelphia has not found its its way at all yet. This offense is, doesn't have a clue what they're doing. Uh, so at this point, Dallas easily looks like the strongest team in this division, should win it. And with that, we'll get a home game in the playoffs, which is good to them, for them because once they go on the road, I don't think they're going to be able to stand up to the big boys on the road. I agree. Saints uh, and Dallas is actually not a particularly good home team. Uh, in AT&T Stadium. They're about a little, I think a little under 500 in, in that stadium. But nonetheless, I'm with you. I, for a playoff game, you want to be there. Now, the Saints got shut out in the first half for the first time in 72 games. Ironically, Dallas got shut out in the second half, but they scored 13 in the first half to get it done. They survived a game, Jim, in which they only scored 13 points, got shut out in the second half, gave up seven sacks, had eight penalties for 80 yards, and somehow they won it. I mean, to your point, their defense really did step up. You know, they got a huge turnover at the end, but they forced it with pressure. There might have been some miscommunication between Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara, but nonetheless, uh, they survived with that win. So very impressive. You can tell the young linebackers, Smith and Vander Esch, are legit. The fact that they don't have oh, Sean yeah. Lee Oof. actually does not matter that much anymore. <laughs> he may be a team leader, but he isn't the best linebacker on that team anymore, Jim. No, no, not at all. Van Der Esch, uh, just showing amazing stuff, uh, especially in this game. If you hadn't had the chance to really see him before this game, you really got an eyeful of what that kid can do all over the field. Uh, you know, always has a nose for the ball. And, you know, at this point, they don't have to rush Sean Lee back like they've always tried to do before because every time he was out before, they had a hole there. Uh, now they don't have that hole there. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he comes back and he's not even starting. Uh, I know what you're saying. He is a team leader, no doubt. But if he's a true team leader, he can do that from the sidelines. He doesn't need to do that on the field. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you that had Saints like I did, not a great start to week 13. Drew Brees, uh, one touchdown, 127 yards. Alvin Kamara, if you're in a PPR league, he saves you with the eight catches, but only 72 total yards. They didn't do anything on the ground. 19 carries for 65 yards total. I started Mark Ingram in a league where I really needed a big point total. Total dud. He only touched the ball seven, nine times for 28 yards. Uh, two catches helps you a little bit in PPR, but I think he logged a 4.8 yard uh, yeah. <laughs> night. So uh, to say he saved it is. Even Michael Thomas was a dud. Michael Thomas, five for 40. I thought they were going to get him super heavily involved in the second half, and they just didn't. Um, the touchdown of all guys goes to Keith Kirkwood again. The one thirty-yard touchdown pass he catches in a play where it was a blown play. They there's two receivers standing in the exact same spot. They obviously didn't need to be both there, but they come down with the touchdown anyway. And um, so that's it. Now Zeke Elliott, on the other hand, um, twenty-three carries for seventy-six yards. He catches another six passes for sixty yards and has. The touchdown catch. The one thing I'd say about Zeke Elliott is I thought, I think, Jim, earlier in his career, there was some perception that maybe he wasn't as good in the passing game. I think, frankly, it's because they didn't use him as much. But I do think Zeke is more versatile than people gave him credit for at the beginning of his career. And he's showing it now. Look, it, there was really never anything that pointed to the fact that he couldn't catch passes. Right. They just never threw the ball to him. He wasn't in the game plan in that facet of the game, which was always ridiculous. You know, when you have somebody that talented, you try to get the ball into his hands wherever you can, and they just weren't doing it. Um, so finally, you know, hey, they, they come to realize they didn't have any wide receivers. Well, let's. 
Let's use the running back. Hey, finally. Yeah. Um, you know, smart move after, what, six years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just it never made any sense to me. You know, all preseason I was harping on the fact, you know, he's a great running back and, and one of the best running backs in the league. But the fact that they don't use him in the passing game was sacrilegious. You had to get him involved. There's nothing ever shown that he couldn't catch the ball. They just weren't throwing it to him. All right, Zeke's, Zeke's really going to be one of your best guys the rest of the way. He touched the ball 29 times 136 yards he has the touchdown michael gallup now i tried to pick up michael gallup in that league that i was just talking about but transactions closed i i like i put in the bid for him thursday morning and since they played thursday night he goes on waivers for next week i couldn't get him friday morning you understand but since Mm, transactions closed for the year michael gallup will not be on a roster the rest of the way I, I actually liked oh, him. Of especially the re- with Cole Beasley. Exactly. Cole Beasley going down with the ankle injury. He's now going to miss a few weeks. That exactly. should definitely play right into Gallup's hands. Exactly. So I, I, I'm not saying I'm a big prognosticator. Just of the options that were left available on the waiver wire, I thought the path to Michael Gallup being somebody I can put in my lineup might work. That's the league where I had four guys, three guys get hurt. A.J. Green and uh, Marvin Jones and Cooper Cup are, were my starting wide receivers along with Adam Thielen. Oh, so, yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, I need somebody to backfill it. You know, instead of Seth Roberts, I would have preferred Michael Gallup. So, uh, anyway, Michael Gallup, five for 76. Amari Cooper, eight for 75. And he, he had eight targets, Jim, eight catches for 75 yards for Cooper. I think uh, anybody that stayed with him is going to reap benefits the rest of the way. He's not going to be necessarily uh, DeAndre Hopkins and some of these other guys, but I think he's going to be a pretty valuable piece the rest of the way. Oh, absolutely. And the, the best thing about it is, is he has indeed opened up this offense for everybody else uh, because defenses now have to pay attention to Great. the wide receivers where before they really didn't have to. Uh, so he's definitely given them that element. He's opening holes for mm-hmm. both. Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and you know hopefully if Gallup does step up on the other side it'll open up even more for them they have a nice schedule going forward they're playing good defense this is a team that could surprise 24 of 28 for Dak 248 yards and the touchdown like he said he took the seven sacks but the 115 QB rating um, points up now the one thing I, I to defend the Saints there's a couple things at play here first of all Both of those teams played four games in 18 days. The fact that one went 3-1 and and the other one went 4-0 is amazing. The fact that the Cowboys went 4-0, I think might be the most amazing team-related thing I've seen this season. They were 3-5. and They just got crushed in the second half by Tennessee on a Monday night. And I was like, people were saying, remember that? When they were going to play the Eagles, they might be toast. Like, they might go to Philly, lose, and they'll be done. And the whole Jason Garrett thing will take off and have a mind of its own instead they win that game and then they win the next three they went four and oh in 18 days maybe it was 17 days because they had the monday nighter so um to their credit they come out on top the saints i don't really blame them for losing a road game after playing consecutive thursday night games the one thing that's been happening I, i maybe i'm just more sensitive to it this year than other years jim but people are like are like projecting teams to win the rest of their games like across the board well the chiefs are only going to lose no more games the rest of the year and the saints are going to run the table it's like wait a second if these teams drop a game or two and they end up 13 or three they've had great seasons people don't just rip off 15 and one and 14 and two every year no but you know that that's what people want to see that the you know, people want to get behind those teams that are crushing everybody and, and going strong. And all of a sudden, you know, we, we use the term bandwagon for a reason. Everybody wants to jump on this, those teams. And, you know, that's what's going to happen. You're going to have people out there, you know, saying, oh, this team is the greatest ever. Nobody's ever going to touch them again. And, you know, why not, whatever you want to say about it. But it, 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 the reality is any given Sunday. That is the reality. Yeah. Um, we've seen it multiple times this year alone. Yeah. We see it every year. Any team could beat any other team in any given Sunday because it's reality. Anything can happen. I, I mean, totally out of the blue. I mean, Minnesota 
Buffalo going into Minnesota and destroying them early in the season when Minnesota looked like they were gangbusters. How do, how do you figure that? You don't see that. So you can't just sit there and say, oh, this team, you, you could say, I don't expect them to lose any more games, but you can't ever say with any kind of finality that a team is going to go undefeated or, or, you know, lose all the rest of their games either. It goes both ways. Yeah, and the Saints, like, they're, they're scheduled the rest of the way. They, they go to Tampa, who beat them earlier this year, but I, I think we know which way that game will probably go. But then they have to go to Carolina, host the Steelers, and then host Carolina. Like, they could lose two more games, end up 12-4, and four, and we'll still say the Saints have a shot to be in the Super Bowl. It's just they have a rough schedule patch right here, and I think you have to be mindful of that. The Steelers are the same way. People were saying, ah, they're going to beat Denver, and then they got some tough games coming up. The Steelers are going to drop probably a couple of more games. If they only drop two of their last five as a Steelers fan, I'll probably be okay with it. They got to play the Saints. They got the Chargers tonight. They got some tough. They got to play New England. Steelers have the Chargers, New England, and the Saints. Three of the next four. Yep. So don't start crowning people. Division champs and two seeds and one seeds and all that nonsense. We'll come back. We'll actually talk about some fantasy football. Go game by game this week to do it. It's Mike and Jim, FST Game Day Edition. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back on FST. Thanks for listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network on TuneIn, on iHeart. The rest of your radio stations across the country, thank you. We appreciate it. Jim and I are forever in your debt. Or at least in your debt until you get something wrong and you won't listen anymore. <laughs> yeah, Jim doesn't have a bad reputation. Maybe me. I don't know. Sometimes I'm not that accurate. I talk too much. Oh, yeah, like you have a bad reputation. I don't know. Here, Maybe right? sometimes I talk too much. I get things wrong. I'm just talking around in that sense. I, I, think, I think from a personal standpoint, I, I like to chalk, chalk, chalk me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll talk about that in a second. Let me do a read first. I'll get to you on this uh, little tête-à-tête between you and uh, the uh, one of the other shows on our network. So the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL premium subscribers are using to win each week for NBA DFS contests. So DailyRoto.com has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings million-dollar tournament winners and millions more in cumulative prizes. So if you're playing DFS and you aren't using the Daily Roto tools, projections, and optimizers, you're doing it wrong, and you're at a competitive disadvantage. So go to DailyRoto.com and click on Go Premium. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. So uh, get, get over there. I, I say it all the time. I don't, I don't keep patting those guys on the back. I mean, I, I will, but I don't have to. Uh, they're just, it's an awesome site and uh, chock full of information on every sport. I focus on NFL more than anything, but um, I, I check it out for NBA stuff as well. So uh, a lot of fun uh, to have over there. So you've been going back, you've been going back and forth with the BFFs. Uh, what is it? Stats over, uh, is there, is, is there some sort of gap in the amount of stats that one of the shows is putting out? Is that what I've been told? Oh, no, it, it, it look, it, it all started uh, a few weeks ago. I started giving them jabs on our show. Yeah. Um, j- just to have fun with it. I, hey, look, I've got nothing but respect for both Greg and Frank. I think they do a great job. But, you know, it's radio, so you got to have some fun with it. So I started giving them jabs because, you know, 
the frenzy has a, a a good following that they call themselves the goon squad yeah okay a lot of great great guys that come out every Goons day over. listen to the show get in yeah get into the chat room and and all that stuff so i was trying to have a little fun with them and i started giving jabs to the bffs and you know it really started escalating and then the bffs decided to come back but the funny part to me was that they kept coming back but they kept coming back against Corey and chris not against me and i was the one who was starting it all <laughs> Even better. So I, I, i'm sitting back Even here better. listening to them go off on Corey and chris and i'm like oh this is fun <laughs> you can you get to lob the, you get to lob the grenade and uh, get none of the uh none of the stuff so um okay so let, let's start going game by game first i'm going to start it off with the injuries jim's uh, kind of tabulated all of this for me so i'm going to run through it guys that you should know that are out today sammy watkins marquise goodwin your garcon deshaun jackson and alex collins went to ir think we know that i think earlier uh, obviously we already know about the cream hunt situation earlier in the week we lost guys like jack doyle to ir as well um i'm trying to think if we lost anybody else earlier and of course the like the obvious ones carry on johnson melvin right. gordon still out right carry on johnson melvin gordon still remain out so your legarrett blunt and austin eckler handcuffs or whatever you did with them are, are in big time play today i have a big legarrett blunt debate which maybe we can get into a little bit later players that are doubtful today martavis bryant danny amendola it was thought at one point that martavis bryant might be done for the year that isn't the case but he's out he's doubtful today he's so, still done for the year <laughs> you think so? i mean he's been done from the year since the year started right fair point i'm just saying like when marcel aitman is getting 10 <laughs> targets they may want to if bryant can get back Smooth that out a little bit. Aitman played at Oklahoma State, so he's used to seeing tons of targets. But nonetheless, uh, he wasn't a guy that many people knew even before last week. Uh, game time decision on Kiki Kuti. I feel like we get that every week. You know, he was a guy, Jim, that I went after pretty hard after that 15-target game. Um, now, clearly, they've picked up Demarius Thomas since, and they've actually started running the ball great since. But he's really been a disappointment since I picked him up in many of those leagues. I've had to since drop him in a couple uh, because he's just been banged up the whole year. Again, but, you know, with rookie wide receivers, it's so hard to count on I them agree. being viable each week. It just it, – there's very few that actually do that, uh, come to that point. There's plenty of them that go out and have big games and then get quiet again, have another big game, get quiet again. You know, that's the routine most normal for rookie wide receivers. And, you know, with Kute, you know, it might have been different if he could have stayed on the field, but the fact that he hasn't been able to get on the field often enough to do any damage is, is really the telling point there. Yeah, the most viable it, – it, it's taken us 12 weeks to get here. But the most viable rookie wide receiver right now appears to be DJ Moore, like the rest of the way. He's going to be a big part of that offense because even today, Devin Funches is limited. So DJ Moore may maintain that larger part of the offense in a game against Tampa where there's points expected to be scored and they have a big implied total. So um, DJ Moore has really become, for those of you that stashed him or have picked him up in recent weeks, I think you're going to benefit here, at least for the next few weeks. Uh, expected to play, guys that were sort of questionable and got through a week, a bumpy week of practice, Jim. Marlon Mack out of the concussion protocol. Stefan Diggs, Josh McCown at quarterback for the Jets. Darren Sproles expected to play. It's been a while since we've seen him. Ronald Jones expected to be active. When, I, when we say expected to play, like how many touches could you, could you really expect from Ronald Jones? Yeah, yeah, no, you, yeah, I don't expect much of That's anything right. from Ronald Jones, but he's expected to play, so I wanted to include him on the list. Doug Baldwin, uh, Chris Thompson, John Brown, Greg Olson, Vance McDonald, which is a big one because I was angling a little bit for Jesse James in a couple of leagues, and I don't think that's going to be – it's going to be close to a zero at this point with Vance McDonald yeah. on the field. Rob Gronkowski expected to play. Gus Edwards expected to play. We just mentioned Alex Collins on IR. Edwards just happens to be banged up. He's seen a ton of carries in the last couple of weeks, so uh, I, I, you can't really blame him for being banged up. They've, he's had a really big workload, but uh, nonetheless, uh, he could be helpful in some of your lineups. Devin Funches expected to play, but on a limited basis. Guys that are still questionable, Jamison Crowder, Tyrell Williams, Robbie Anderson, Devontae Parker, Josh Adams. He was added yesterday, which is never a good sign. Added to the injury report yesterday. Eric Swoop, uh, also questionable. 
um, with Jack Doyle out. That that's why that, that means something. Uh, Randall Gobb now expected to play was questionable, but expected to play. Um, interesting commentary from Mike Cardano in our chat there. Anyway, <laughs> I probably I, sh- I won't repeat. We can't that. say it on the air. I won't repeat what we said there, so. Thanks, Cardano, for putting that in there. Live chat on a live radio show. I almost read it. So anyway. Uh, let's move on to these games. It's taken us 50 minutes to get here. We normally uh, don't do it this way, but we're having a little bit of fun, and there's some big news on the, on the slate. So uh, we'll go game by game, Jim. So I got Ravens-Falcons uh, in front of me to start it. We just talked about Gus Edwards, Alex Collins being out, Lamar Jackson obviously been carrying the ball a whole bunch, but they're going to Atlanta. We don't know. Uh, you know, we'll see how this offense travels with a banged up Edwards and Lamar Jackson on the road, but Atlanta, a two point favorite Ravens have really kind of fallen apart from what was a potentially a promising start, but they get a, you know, they got a W last week and now they go to Atlanta who the season is effectively over. So uh, 49 is the total. So there's actually some points to be expected, but that's always the case when Atlanta's in play, Jim. Absolutely. Even against tough, you know, defense. And, you know, we, we see that now. And Baltimore has slipped a little bit. You know, on the year, they're number two against opposing quarterbacks. Over the last five weeks, they've been number 18. So they've slipped a little bit there. On You know, uh, Atlanta at home should be able to put points up on the board. Their implied point total uh, is just over 25 points. So they're, they're definitely expected to put points up. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game because it really, to me, this really comes down to what we see, whether or not Baltimore decides to go back to Joe Flacco next week or keep uh, Lamar Jackson in there. If he if he comes into Atlanta and gets a win, then I think they'll ride with him. But let, let's face it, you know, Lamar Jackson, we know what he can do on the ground. We've seen it two weeks in a row. He can run. We know he can run. Give, definitely gives you a nice ground there when, when, you know, his floor is very nice because of that run. But his ceiling is, is still minimalized because of his passing. He's not the greatest passer yet. He still has accuracy issues. Uh, you know, other things. He tends to pull the ball down and run too much. They need to temper that out of him. But let's face it, next week they go and play Kansas City. The one thing Lamar Jackson can't do for that team is he can't bring them back if Kansas City gets up early. He doesn't have that power. He's not going to do that with his legs. And he doesn't have the passing ability. So the Ravens are built it, like it almost, that, period. It, it, no, but at least Flacco gives you the chance to go down the field yeah. with his passing attack, yeah. which is a little bit more, you know, against a Kansas City secondary that can be beat. So he gives you a little bit more of a chance to come back if they have to. So this is going to be a big game for Lamar Jackson and whether or not he stays at starter for me. Yeah. So what's interesting about the Ravens is that so they were four and five and nobody really could have blamed them for being four and five. The beginning of their schedule was not easy. And it was something that I remember talking with George Kurtz and others about before the season started because people were wondering when Lamar would come in. Now, it came really due to injury, but here we are. They were 4-5 and five going to their bye week. Lamar Jackson now led them to two wins. Um, and they're 6-5 and five now. If they win today in Atlanta, 7-5. and five. Do you bench a guy who's got him on a three-game win streak? I don't know about that. But to your point, I'd much rather Flacco play against the Chiefs if I'm then than Lamar Jackson. Um, so they're gonna be there's gonna be this conundrum. And by the way, they're they are not they're right in the playoff mix in the AFC. Yep. There's about five teams absolutely. that we all that are all sort of locks. I say sort of because you never know, but sort of locks to make the playoffs. But that sixth one is very much up for grabs. There's a bunch of five and six, six and five teams that are gonna be battling for it. So um, if they get that win today, it's seven and five. They might actually be in the driver's seat for for that sixth playoff spot. So they have to go to Kansas City, uh, play Tampa, then go to the Chargers, and then play the Browns. So again, it won't be easy down the stretch for them. Their schedule has been sort of tough this year, but uh, to your point, it'll be interesting to see what happens, win or lose. Um, because if they win and he's on a three game win streak, people would say, "Well, why are you taking Lamar out?" But at the same time. Flacco wasn't terrible. He wasn't. He just wasn't playing great before he was hurt. So, are you going to bench Joe Flacco at the end of his Baltimore Ravens career because he got a hip injury? I don't know. 
I don't think Harbaugh is the type of guy to do that. So um, from a fantasy standpoint, how do you feel about Gus Edwards? He's been a little bit banged up, but with Alex Collins out, he's got like a clear path to 20 carries again. Well, he should. It really depends on how well that ankle can hold up. You know, it's always tough when you're dealing with ankle injuries, foot injuries as a running back, you know, depending on the severity of it, sometimes it makes it hard to cut and, you know, things like that. Luckily for him, he's more of a north-south runner anyway, so he doesn't really, you know, depend on that, you know, big cuts all the time. He's going to hit a hole and he's going to hit it hard and go fast right through it. Uh, One of the things I really like in running backs. So I, I like him, but there, you have to you have to be a little concerned with the foot injury that it could you know take him out of the game at some point. So if you have a healthier back that has same or close to the same uh, of numbers you expect today, I would probably go with the healthier back. But I, you know I can't blame you if you're starting Edwards. Most people probably don't have a lot of choices there. Uh, you just got to hope he can and stay on the field all game. They did, in fact, uh, the Baltimore did, in fact call back up uh, Kenneth Dixon who was on IR to return and yeah. he's now on the active roster right. so he could be part of this mess there as well uh, you know Edwards should get the shot if he can stay on the field he'll get close to 20 carries if not 20 carries which is he, what he's seen in his last two games I expect him to see that again if, as long as he can stay on the field. I'm sure some people will ask about the Kenny Dixon thing I, I would just go back to what we said about handcuffs if you really want to ride the Ravens running game the rest of the way and you want to back up Gus Edwards with Kenny Dixon be my guest i think it will it will take yeah. something interesting <laughs> for kenny dixon to have a game that will matter but we never know. Uh, like, yeah i'm gonna tell you right now i i would not do that yeah uh, because if gus edwards goes down it's not gonna go right to kenny dixon it's totally gonna agree. be a a three-headed monster there that you, you're right. not gonna want any part of so yeah, like there was a year uh, handcuffing it go ahead I was just going to say, handcuffing is smart for the right players. It doesn't mean you do it for every single, you know, starting running back you have. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're you're handcuffing Jalen Richard with Doug Martin because you really want to get involved in the Raiders' running game. That's not what that means. Yeah, we're, exactly. We're talking about backing up your top guys. So, um, Gus Edwards is projected right around guys like Deion Lewis and Lamar Miller, T.J. Yeldon and Marlon Mack. To Jim's point, if you have one of those guys I just mentioned, you probably want to lean, and it, and that's your choice. You probably want to lean towards one of the other guys because. Uh, they're a little bit healthier. That's even with Yeldon in a timeshare. Miller obviously playing much better, um, and Marlon Mack coming back off of a concussion. But I think the one thing we know, Jim, is that the Colts have an implied, a pretty high implied total today, and then they have Mack, who they really have run the running game through. Naeem Hines sees some targets, but Marlon Mack has been seeing those carries. Yeah, absolutely, and he's played well with those carries since coming back, and you know, a lot of that credit has to go to this uh, Indianapolis offensive line, who's made a major turnaround. Um, you know, beginning of the year, they were iffy. Nobody really thought much about this offensive line, but man, they have been playing some great football late, keeping luck upright, um, and just, you know, they're giving Mac the holes he needs to run through. So, yeah, Mac has been doing a great job, but a lot of that credit has to go to that offensive line. No doubt. I'll wrap up the Bengals, sorry, the Ravens-Falcons game. Uh, I think you're playing Julio. I think you're playing Matty Ice, even though it's not a great matchup for him, but he's at home. Uh, I know I have Matty Ice in a bunch of leagues. I've had to make some choices. Ben Roethlisberger over him, for example, um, but I'm playing him over somebody else in another league it's not Matty Ice's best matchup but he is at home so that can help you're playing Julio you're playing Tevin Coleman for the most part Calvin Ridley I think it's dependent on who else you have uh, on your roster uh, we only have one minute before break so I'll go to one game quickly Denver Broncos at Cincinnati Bengals you got Jeff Driscoll in there I think Jeff Driscoll is a guy who likes to run a little bit if you wanted to do a punt play in DFS you can use Driscoll but I think this is more going to be mixing an A.J. Green show if anybody else uh, on the Bengals is relevant, Jim. I don't know who it is. Well, I'll tell you the truth. I, I don't like A.J. I mean, uh, Joe Mixon today. Yeah. Um, you know, Denver's defense has been outstanding lately against the run. Yeah. Uh, they've been playing some great football against the run, and I, I'm just not really liking it. When, when I look at this, you know, when you look at what they've done – 
if you go back to weeks uh, five and six, they got run all over by the Jets and the Rams. That was the, the game. Crowell had a huge game against them. The Rams the next week just went totally all, all off on them. Um, since then, they have not allowed a single team, a single team to rush for more than 98 yards. And they've held in check David Johnson, Kareem Hunt, Lamar Miller, Mar- Melvin Gordon, and John Connor. Uh, to an average of 46 yards per game. Don't like Joe Mixon today. He's going to need those passes to be fantasy relevant. We'll come back. We'll wrap up that game after the break and talk Colts Jaguars.